Hey everyone, welcome to the PPUK podcast and uh, with us this week as usual we have Lee. Hi. Paddy. Hello. Leah. Hi. And of course Andy. Hello. Yeah and this week we will be doing artificial age. Um, Anybody got any uh, memories of kind of anticipating this one? Uh, I've got one. I kind of remember on social media that uh the track list got leaked and it was on social media people thought that the first track was a spelling mistake because obviously the album's called artificial age and people thought the first track was artificial age and someone added a c but it actually turned out to be the correct track listed i remember that and i remember there was this whole campaign of people getting a picture and holding a picture up of uh, holding the album up and then taking a picture and a selfie and everyone was sharing that but that's what I can remember of this Leah for me I don't have a, any memories of anticipating this album at all which is really strange I, I've got a blank but I remember ordering it and you ordered directly from the estate um initially rather than going to HMV or places like that and I remember being particularly excited because I was like this has actually come from Paisley Park in my head it had um (laughs) (laughs) um, and just being amazingly excited um it's absolutely no secret that I'm a huge Andy Allo fan so for me this was such an unbelievable treat and I remember just playing it over and over and over again until it literally came out of my pores um, no spoilers, but this is in my top favourite Prince albums of all time. It's in no spoilers, five. but here's no, a massive sorry. spoiler. Thank you. <laughs> <A massive spoiler. laughs> That's why you could mute me. You had your opportunity. <laughs> yeah, Never I meet you. Production and mute that. Actually, I have now just remembered. Of course, this was a double release, right? So that was a weird thing in itself. Not weird if you're a Prince fan because you're used to this sort of nonsense. But uh, <laughs> but like we. Uh, we might maybe we'll get onto a little bit of how it fits against um, Plectrum Electrum maybe oh, near the end or something. We will. And, and Andy wasn't going to have much to say about that. It's just Nick, the thing I was going to say, which was, <laughs> it was potentially quite exciting because we were get, essentially getting two albums here. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, really like spending a long time before this, really anticipating the Third Eye Girl album because like uh, it had been hinted for so long they were it was meant to come out on uh cobalt blue label but then it got knocked back for a courtney love release and then all of a sudden warner brothers was in the picture and and warner brothers was back you know uh and i was still going oh third eye girl third eye girl uh, album and then it was like third eye there's a third eye girl and a prince album and it was just like okay Weirdly enough, I'm still really, really gunning for the Third Eye Girl album and really anticipating the Third Eye Girl album. But I'll, I'll, I'll check out this. Uh, obviously, if you want to give me two, I'll, I'm happy to have two Prince albums. So really, I wasn't anticipating this one as much as I was Plectrum Electrum. And I was because I was so into I'd kind of had a renaissance of fandom, not that I had ever really kind of like dipped into <laughs> into the kind of leave it all behind. But once that I go came along, I felt like I did around the gold era. Like I had that same kind of anticipating stuff coming out. I had that same excitement. There was the third ITV. And this just came along as a surprise at the end of a lot of surprises. And it was a very welcome one. 
I, I want to do a Leah and spoil it for uh, do a spoiler for myself. Go on. Go on. I love I love this album. Oh yay! I this is my this is probably the best album since and for me probably since something like Diamonds and Pearls and maybe even including Diamonds and Pearls. Woo! I, I kind of agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think this is obviously you had the hit and runs after uh, after this album, but this was his last. I, I think it was a really good. I think in mind and uh, about the artwork and the tracks on there, I, I get the impression that he had his legacy in mind in terms of, and this is down to the artwork as well on the front cover. And I've got a whole theory about all that as well, that in the glasses, he's looking into space and it's galaxy and behind him is his legacy because it's the purple rain records behind yeah. him. Uh, and Maya Washington did the, uh, who's shameless Maya, who some people may know uh, was on the live stream for the Yahoo live stream yeah. that he did. And she got very heavily criticized for um, not knowing certain things, but people didn't realize. And I think she deserves a lot more credit for doing all the artwork for this album and some of the pictures, you know, him at Paisley Park looking down in the studios and stuff. And yeah, so I think this album is a lot about his legacy and preserving his legacy and pre preserving himself. Um, so obviously he's got Purple Rain behind him, so it's his legacy behind him, but he's also looking into the future and it's space. And obviously there's, you know, talk of the, the album that he was working on before he passed away was like Galaxy and stuff like that. So I think there was a there was going to be some kind of link between his legacy and then what he was going to, what he envisioned and what he was looking at, hence why there's a galaxy and yeah. space in his glasses. Yeah. And the whole album in itself, I feel like, it kind of reminded me of Vanilla Sky, and please bear with me, in terms of it's preserving almost like he's he's being preserved. He's backing up himself. He's backing up his data. And uh, with the, like the, the the little, you know, Mr. Nelson and talking to him, it's almost like he's backing himself up. He's preserving himself. He's preserving himself and preserving his legacy. Lee. It's Yes, have, sorry, you been, like, have you been drinking corn syrup drinks again? Like, no, I'm kidding. No, this no, is, no. This is terrific. People, I love it. I love it. No, I'm, a lot of people, uh, uh, a lot of people, and I know Chopin will back me up, and I'm sure Leah will back me up, that people know how much influence this album had on me and how I kind of deconstructed it. You know, I think there was like um, uh, uh, binary code on the CD, and I tried to look into I thought there was hidden messages in there, um, but I completely deconstructed this album. And I said to people, I said, you know, I think, you know, and I said, I'm sure he, it sounds like he's going into hospital or he's got health problems because it's, you know, it sounded like there was a nurse there. And it's, and it's very much like, like he is preserving what? himself and preserving his history. It's like Prince is a Prince becoming the singularity, you know, with the computers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it's definitely a concept album, isn't it? I'm only yanking yes, your chain exactly. because I, th I think this is exactly the right way to talk about it because it mm -hmm. is, it is a story and it's pretty open ended, but that there are, there, there are worlds being hinted at here and concepts floating around, yeah. and it's a really, really, really interesting whole, right? I think that's I think why becomes, that that's one of the reasons I like it so much. I think it can become more complex with hindsight, i.e., when it when it sort of came out and when he passed, um, and why he passed as well. Yeah, I, I don't. 
I wouldn't completely poo poo it. I, I never, I never went into the sort of deconstructing it and getting really, really close to this album. I would say that it's one of the best of the latter group of albums that he released. I think there's some weaker stuff on it, but the stuff that's strong is is achingly strong in in many yeah. ways. The theme, I, again, I, I don't, I don't think it's a case of. He knew there was anything right. If we're sort of edging in that direction, I, yeah. I said this to Leah at the gig. I don't. I sort of don't think that there was anything wrong, or he, if there was anything like that. It was. I think it's purely there are echoes of mortality, and he's probably you know, and he's actually facing you know, perhaps he's got a, a, a twinge in his back type of thing, and he's facing um, that that sort of big black hole and mortality, and those themes are there sort of very very strongly. Um, as I say, the album of uh, there's a lovely juxtaposition there because the album itself sounds very fresh. It's a new palette. It's, it's as if he's moved into a new studio. And I know there's like the Joshua Welton in, um, influence and what have you, but you can really hear there's a, there's there's a different palette of things going on as well as some familiar things. But um, yeah, I don't look at the theming any any stronger than it's there is so plenty of mortality stuff going on there. I think this is, in my opinion, the most honest Prince album we've ever yeah, had. I agree. Um, he's, it fair. feels, as much as it is a concept album, I think he's tapping into an honesty that I don't see in any other record that we've had from Prince. Even the fact that when you look at the artwork, it's him in Paisley Park. It is his, him in his domain. And that's before you even start looking at the lyrical content. Um, I know we're not going into tracks just yet, but you've only got to look at the breakdown. That isn't a concept. That isn't a story. That's him. You can tell that it's an honest write-up and it's coming from the heart. Um, and I think that's why when this album came out for me, I listened to it in a whole different way. And I did what Lee did and I broke down, excuse the pun, every little bit of this album and the artwork. And I was looking at all the little numbers and reading it, trying to find secret messages as well, because... I just saw this honest sincerity that I hadn't seen in him in any other record. I, and I saw a vulnerability that he was seemed to always be hesitant to let us into. I think that's exactly it, right? When I say concept, I don't think it's like a really well-worked, incredibly cohesive concept. But being print, I'm sorry, you, you took the words out of my mouth. The most honest, vulnerable Prince record we've ever had in many ways. Mm -hmm. But being Prince, he still wraps it up in a kind of story code. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, and it, the two things bounce off each other, like the sort of absurd uh, sci-fi stuff in there and the singularity yes. against this very naked, like brutally. Yeah. Like there's, there's one line on this record. I bet we all know the line or those who really like the album that actually just slays me every time it's, there's, a, just, there's a couple on this to be quite honest there's a couple of lines on this one it's kind of an interesting album because it was because i was so into the other album because i was so into plaxum electrum i didn't serious give this the serious listen it deserved until after he died i liked it but there was a couple of tracks that stopped me thinking of it as a masterpiece and still do um there's a, like there's there's two particular tracks that kind of drag the average and and until it was like this is this is a good Prince album with some great moments, uh, and I was very and I was kind of completely obsessed with the other one. But the it but once he once he passed, there was a 
there was some bits in this that just like ricochet, you know, they ricocheted to the front, and it was just yeah. like, haunting. It's haunting, haunting I think. Yeah. Just, you know. And also, you got to think anybody with the issues that he had, it doesn't come overnight. It's over a process of years and if you have chronic pain and i've had chronic back pain in the past there are things that go on inside your head when you've got chronic pain uh that you kind of (laughs) it creates a kind of an acceptance that like um it's it's an interesting place to be sometimes and and that's without any the substances just the kind of going through chronic pain in itself um so even if it's not like, I mean, even if it's not a predict, you know, like prediction, like he knew he was going to go or something like that. It it definitely, if you've got those kind of problems, you think about it anyway, whether you think you are or not. So it had this, it had the reflections of those and they made it. And the fact that he had those thoughts and they made them onto a record is an interesting thing in, in itself, because sometimes he would kind of you know obscure the problems he was having he would put out quite honest things but they would wrap them up in such kind of idiosyncratic language that actually they would be obscured but this time it wasn't obscured and that's the kind of thing i'm kind of impressed with with this album and i'm not one for conspiracy sorry to jump in i'm not one for conspiracy theories but i do remember listening to the album and saying to two people that we mutual friends of ours, and I just remember, and like I think he's, I think he's not very well. I'm like, there's something going on because I remember uh, you saying uh, that to me. Yeah, yeah, I remember, and I just say, I just feel like, like lyrics, like I'll get a second opinion. I'm like, and the whole futuristic hospital vibe I got from it, it, it just, I was like, I think there's, I think yeah. there's something going on, and I remember saying that a lot. I. And I, I I've never thought of this, and still, still since his death, that, that stuff doesn't resonate with me so much. I think he was just using, I mean, this is just me, I think he was using this stuff as a metaphor to discuss maturity and mortality, yeah. regardless of what was about to happen a few years later, you yeah. know, but... I, 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 um, but but the, the thing that alerted me that this was a good Prince album, and, the, and like, this was an the thing I've been waiting for, right? And I'm not saying it, it's not a masterpiece, but it's really, 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 really good. Like really, re- five good, five reallys, right? And yeah. the thing that alerted me was that for the first time in many, many years, you can hear the sincerity in his vocals. His vocal performances bite and they attack and they don't sound like he's pretending to do anything except convey something that he cares about. He sounded like he cared about something for me for the first time in years. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it links back to that whole, you know, about honesty and it being an honest album for him. I think if this was his last album, I think a lot of the Prince scholars and I think a lot of the music industry would have deconstructed it a hell of a lot more if that was his last album, I think. It would be, be like but, his Black Star from Bowie, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, very, exactly that, exactly that. Yeah, yeah it's, I, really, it's really weird you should mention Black Star because I was thinking the other day, had, sorry, this is a little bit morbid, but the, there's a direct oh, parallel, yeah. so forgive me for going there, but like, had he known he was going and he had a certain amount of time, 
it's hard to sort of imagine what kind of thing he could have possibly put out. And I don't mean this as sort of, ooh, they got an amazing album. Just his ability to sonically convey things, you know, what would a Prince-style Black Star have been like? It would have been quite something, quite something amazing, I suspect. But it was interesting you brought that up because I've been thinking about that. Weird. With Prince, obviously, he, he was, you know, he had the reputation of, of never looking back and never referring to old material. But to it have, does. yeah, exactly. But to have Purple Rain in the background on the album, mm. you know, that's, it, it, it almost bookends his legacy. It's almost like it is a bookend. It's like the gold standard. Yeah. The gold and standard. he's wearing gold, you know. Yeah. So it's oh. like he is the gold standard. Well, there's times he tried, there's times he did it a little in his career before, right? But they don't, they never really convinced me. Like, let it go is like, a, it, that's like, to me, baby stuff compared to where what he really, really tries to examine here. Or, or baby stuff's a little strong. I think what I mean is that it sounds like he wanted to cut he wanted to break through something on let it go but he didn't really have the conviction or the emotional openness to do it and then you hear something like breakdown and then you go this is what he was trying to say on let it go but he's ready to talk now and then you hear something like way back home and you go well look way back home is a thing and uh, way back home is yeah. kind of like it's kind of like crystal ball it's like could, the song is just like it almost like kind of leaps away from the album itself in in the sense that it is such a high point that it, it kind of elevates yeah. past the album it's on in it's massive i use the word achingly yeah that, with the way affirmations as well achingly amazing it, yeah yes very much so it, it reminds me a little of that um heartbeat song by robin what was it with just one heartbeat or something that electro pop ballad which was really good yeah it's got a similar sort of uh color to that but it's prince doing it and it's so so raw with this like square wave bass like rumbling underneath yeah it's and, and some real high-end kind of uh, sorry high register piano type things going and i on. love that i love the way he did was he got a string arrangement for it and rather than put the string arrangement on the song he just cuts up the string arrangement and creates these affirmations like yeah. uh, and bookends the song uh it's I, Do you, I, does everyone know the line i'm thinking of on this album and it's from that song that is just extraordinary uh, well, there's several. That can, like, I, don't, I mean, uh, if, uh, when uh, you well, say I'll it, I'm probably... I'll tell you the one that does it for me, and then you all can maybe yeah. have... Yeah, maybe some of you have this one, maybe you have different ones. The one that on this uh, on this whole album is just like, most people are born dead, but I was born alive. I'm that was just the one like, I was thinking of. I, I, I can't say it without almost falling apart. It's so painful. It's desperate. Yeah, but it, the desperation uh, but about it that it, just kills me every time. But it, I think that all... I've read about those happy endings, but they're still a mystery. And let yeah. me tell you about me. And it's just like that's like kind of but, oh. But talking like about breakdown and honesty, so I just jump in again. Um, I don't know if Leah might remember. I'm not sure Chopin might. Um, there was a fan-made video that he kind of released where it was cut. It was clips of analyze this, uh, and it was almost like a fan made video. 
that was for the breakdown, wasn't it? Was it for the breakdown? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, for the so... breakdown. It wasn't for this one. This no. one had like a, I think this one had like just like a still image kind of audio on it. But uh, I'm getting loads of flashbacks now. <laughs> I know it's the whole period is like, this, yeah, yeah. You know, that there was a video for Breakfast Can Wait. Like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this this particular song, this is a kind of like that moment we had with the word. Um, I think and songs like Crystal Ball. I mean, this is a hush tones kind of talk about this song in hush tones. It is, I remember there was a boat party uh that we had uh just after he passed. It was only a couple of it was like a couple of months after he passed, and and you know, like everybody was doing the, sometimes it snows in April, everybody was playing tributes with Purple Rain, sometimes it snows in April, nothing compares to you. But I remember we, there was a moment of silence at the Prince party, and then they played this. And I am telling you, like, I hadn't, I hadn't really cried about it, because mo- really hadn't, because most of the time I had people like clinging on to me crying, because I was like, you know, when I was going to meet Prince fans, they would be crying on me. So it's just like, I was kind of quite distracted. And and I was very concentrated on, well, we've still got the music. We've still got the music. And I didn't, you know, was kind of like doing the whole, well, I didn't know him personally. So it's sad that we're not going to have the concerts, but we still have the music. We still got something to celebrate. But when that song played after that moment of silence, I bawled like and, and like the whole room was it was a mess <laughs> like in in a good way in a kind of unified way yeah, and, yeah. And, and I was just like every like like everybody else was playing these kind of nothing compares to you purple rain uh sometimes it snows in April which is great and they're great songs but like that was a that was like oh actually this is he said something that close to the end it, it's that not bookended like, his life that I mean was, we all- the interesting thing is we all know that he made emotional music like purple rain is high emotion the whole album right but yeah it, but it's always it's always um uh it's theatrical right yeah and uh and you know there's pain all over the place in prince i, th- I often think that one of the thing that's that unites prince fans is we like the pain of feeling a bit weird or, or we respond yeah. to it right yeah but but he never put it all in one place and referenced himself like he did on this album. That's the difference. And like even it, even referring to himself as Mr. Nelson or having people refer to him as Mr. Nelson, you can hear that he he's like, I just want to be a person again. I am a person. I um, want to show you the person underneath that's got a surname. I've spent yeah. a whole career, I, I was gifted this absurd name and it yeah. would, and it, it, and it ta- you know, it, it dovetailed with what I became, yeah. but I just, I don't have to change myself into a symbol this time and go on another theatrical adventure. I just want to be a person with a surname. It feels yeah. like. Yeah. It's like actually sitting back and looking at the icon that you've made and yes. kind of actually, and, and actually kind of, and it's interesting that the people, this kind of leads onto that um, concert. He had a, the piano and microphone concert. He had a Paisley park. And when people were coming back, they were like, they they were saying two things and it was multiple people who who went had said to me and they weren't necessarily hanging around with each other and having those conversations yeah. with each other the two things they said were he looks very very unwell there's something very very wrong and the second uh, and the second thing that they said was he's making that place into a museum mm. he said because i've never seen anything there's timelines there's everything he said it looks like he's making the place into a museum and 
and they were kind of very worried and it was a lot but then he announced like the 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 tours an australian tour and then it was kind of forgotten for a while obviously until the inevitable there was actually a lot of concept artwork that blue done for rooms and having the rooms rain change. Room, yeah yeah exactly so there was a lot of stuff uh floating around and a lot of people that came back from the show in january I said think, exactly the same thing there was I also that so many that... of you saw it i mean i remember sorry chopin um when I saw him in Manchester in 2014 um, in one of the small venues and I was a couple of rows back and um, I was, I think some of you were there, but I I was kind of, I had tickets. There was that whole palaver of some of us had tickets in advance and some of us didn't. Yeah. And I was one of the lucky ones that got them in advance. So the people that I went with were like a good 10 rows behind. And after the show, I didn't even say hello to them. I just walked straight up, straight up to them and went, he's dying. Something is wrong. And it wasn't, which show was that again? Sorry, that was the Manchester Academy. Oh, the hit and run, the phase two yeah. one when he came back. Yeah, twenty fifteen. It, yeah. it was the first night of those two shows, and it wasn't that he played badly or anything like that. There was just with him, there was always a mischief behind the eyes, and that night there was no mischief behind the eyes. He was kind of going through the motions, but with no flair. So I think there was a notable change around this period, mm. which I think is hard to, I don't think you see it on videos, but I think if you're someone that saw him a lot, I think if you saw him in person yeah. around this time, those were the people that were latching on and going, actually something isn't right. It was, yeah. it was the constant, like I remember going and waiting in queues for hours and then going into like electric ballroom and uh, uh, King's place gigs and, and uh, the roundhouse. And it was, uh, it, and then people would go to other gigs and stuff, and it was just like a kind of murmur that was around. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't know. Here's the thing: I don't know if the murmur was just kicked off by this record and that song, or whether it was. I, I think I think there was a, a visually a, a definite difference with him. I remember because I used to upload on social media, you know, pictures throughout the year, and I remember, you know, seeing a picture like the early early 2015. Uh, and he, you know, he, he looks like Prince. And then I remember seeing the passport photo that jokingly got posted to say, you know, this was his passport photo when he was going to Australia. And I'm, you can see the difference. He looked very cool. Yeah. There was a- definitely there was, there was definitely a, 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 a difference. And yeah, I think, like you said, there was murmurs, and you know, perhaps you know, people like me read too much into um, this album and. But I think there's definitely there's definitely something there is that you know like we've mentioned the honesty and the you know it, it, referencing himself as Mr Nelson which you would on any documentation yeah. in terms of hospitals or birth certificates or anything like that you are that Mr Nelson that's you know so the documentation element to it as well so it's very much I am a person I am a human so I agree with what Andy said earlier yeah I think it's interesting as well that like. I think any other track on this album, we would have just talked about the track, but Way Back Home is like, it's too big. It goes into, like, this is how spectacular the track is. We leave behind talking about the song itself and go into everything that was happening at the time. I think it's 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 such a big emotion. And like you say, Andy, like an honest declaration in some ways that actually... I find it hard to just talk about the song other than saying it's great because it leads into these other conversations about um, what was going on at the time and how fans were feeling 
at the time. Uh, myself, I was kind of, I was hearing it all the time and not really, I, I don't think I was internalizing it because I was just having a great time with those gigs and was really amped up for like Third Eye Girl. And, but I was, I remember hearing it and kind of going, well, that's kind of interesting, you know, makes sense, you know, but it's, I know they're like the geeky bringing part it back it. to the song itself, bringing it back to the song itself. It's that is actually a kind of masterpiece of a song. And I think it's a real trip. There's a real tribute that it's considered like the last song or the final statement, even though there's two albums after it. Like that's how, how great that song is that it kind of makes the entire album seem like, you know, it nullifies the two albums that come out afterwards in a way. Yeah, I would have preferred this. I would have preferred uh, Hit and Runs to come and then this to be his last. I would have preferred it in that order, I think. No offence to Hit and Run or anything like that, but they're just they're just tracks on there. There's no, it doesn't, they don't feel like a concept album. They're just tracks that are placed as a track list. I think this is the last album that has a, he had an idea in terms of, tracks and the affirmations and everything like that i think that's an album i think the hit and runs are just tracks that they've just put on uh, the album i'm probably going to get hated for that one but um no, i think uh, that's definitely true of hits too but uh hit and run phase two i wouldn't agree with it with hit and run phase one i'd be the other way around i'd say hit, i'd say hit hits two feels like it's more coherent to me you know in some ways but um I, i'd also like to say that uh i think paddy said that actually this is brimming with new ideas and there's a juxtaposition, but we're all talking about it like, actually, I'm not, you guys are. Uh, (laughs) There's a danger of talking about this, like, you know, this just this really sort of morbid and downer kind of elegiac album. And it's not just that. There's a hell of a lot of freshness here. And actually, when I listen to the album, as much as all the, you know, the um, deep personal lyrical stuff, it's allied to his freshest music for years. Oh, new ideas like working with a new producer, lots of comedy in there amongst all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. too. Yeah. And it makes me think, uh, you know, and it was starting to spill out, you know, the Mr. Nelson idea goes on to hits two, or is it one or two? Sorry. One. One, sorry. And, yeah. it, you know, and it becomes a sort of like cartoon techno thing, right? And it, it, he, it actually this was the album that I've been wait I've been waiting for for a long yeah, time. Same. It was right. the album where, where he would mature his sound, update his sound, but be prince with it. Not be trying to do anything. Not be trying to catch up with rap. Not be trying to catch up with whatever. Not be trying to make another female protege uh, pop, uh, you know, pop sensation at the age of fifty-five or whatever. But actually actually mature and update his sound and he doesn't do it like 100 successfully here but there is so much success uh you know it, it's yeah. it's a real move forward and uh it actually just makes me th- this more than anything makes me think oh boy he had more to give yeah i mean it's it's uh, yeah i think musically it's not uh, like even with the more like you say even with the morbidity of the kind of themes of that it's still like it start, opens up with a piece of like basically stadium rave yeah. you know you know yeah. um uh it's kind of like it opens up with i mean 
which is I love that track. I love that opener. It's uh there's a few little bells, there's a few little bells and whistles that are kind of like thingy, but mostly it sounds like a really kind of like a heavily produced uh, um strange but true. Yes. About, about the opener. It was yeah, like, it was the first, it was the first opener on a Prince album for some time. I thought, wow, this is really, really good. Yeah. But I just love the way it started out in a again, immediately it sounded kind of very produced, as you've said, a lot yeah. of modern synth sound. You have a lovely little uh, pedal point note descending front riff after the initial chords because the the yeah. front bit the funk guitar bits the same the chords it's just played in like triplets and stuff and and uh, sorry double stops and it's absolutely gorgeous but then it goes on to do loads of, the song goes on to do loads of different things and never comes back to its original simplicity as it builded and I just thought wow this is again like going back to the new stuff it was just pff, blew me out blew me out of the water a bit that one Great and Paddy what did the, I, I don't know about you, but I thought that guitar tone he has for those the kind of Mitzelodian kind of guitar solos towards the end is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, his guitar tone, the one he has at the beginning is custom prints. That's, that's yeah, like neck neck pickup telly. You can yeah, see but like you say, then towards the end you have this weird um, sort of very very produced guitar sound. It's it, it just it was as if he put everything in a box on that first yeah. song. And then the, the again, I'm not, I'm probably not quite where a lot of you are with this album. But again, it gets, it does get, it stays strong after this as well, sort of thing. But now, brilliant opening track. I, I just wanted to. This album doesn't even start until Clouds. I skip this track pretty much every <laughs> single time I put I on the album. <laughs> I, 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 I'm somewhere between you and Paddy. I. Uh, it, the, the, I said he he wasn't playing catch up, but this does sound in some ways derivative. It's EDM. You're like, oh, you're working with a producer who's not who's thirty years younger than you. That's a good idea, but he's also not a top producer. He's making kind of cookie cutter stuff. Then again, there is enough weirdness in this EDM track, and enough prints, yeah. and enough enough kind of we're using the we're using the template of that of that genre, but we are adding enough to it that it it's it's. It starts it's, to. It does convince me overall. It's fascinating. It's fascinating that you can hear somebody else's production. Having said that, is a sort of a he wasn't a known producer, but I couldn't see Prince ever working with a known producer. No. So in a sense, it's beautiful that he got the balance of somebody trusted enough to genuinely. Imp- I mean, again, it carries over a lot more heavily into Hit and Run One, but to to hear somebody's influence just dribble gently <coughs> over into a sound. Perhaps you could equate it with a Wendy and Lisa thing or an Eric Leeds thing or a, yeah, a Fisher yeah. thing. Yeah. This is the, I hadn't heard anything like this or that kind of unique the, one person, one personality sort of just start to seep in a bit. True. Um, the, the, so, yeah, the, reason I, the, I, the reason I wouldn't, uh, I, I get, yeah, uh, the, the, the quality difference is that when he worked with Wendy and Lisa and Eric Leeds, they were making, they were bringing things to his sounds that didn't sound like dialing in from other genres they were they were bringing in they were artists bringing in their own flavors and josh on this one does sound like someone who knows how to do edm and that's cool and it's it's kind of good enough but it i like it more and more as as i listen to it that first track to be honest but i want to go to what leah said really because clouds is probably it's probably his best song since about 1995 for me really just it's great 
I love listening to it on airplanes, ironically. I was listening to it on the way to Minneapolis. Absolutely loved it. And then obviously the performance he did on SNL as well. Absolutely love love this track. Love, love, love this track. This is this. It's it's got colours in it that are things that just remind me, without being derivative, of things like in pop life or around yes. the world in a day. And yeah. big bright pianos and big synthy basses that sound updated, but so so Prince. This track always reminds me of, and my timeline might be mixed up here. So if anybody else has dates that and this is wrong, please tell me. I'll come and find you. Yeah, um, I remember the press conference that was meant to happen. I don't know if any of you guys were in on yeah, the uh, house. Yeah, well, it was at Leanne LaHavis' house, but originally wasn't meant to be there. And there was this campaign from a certain newspaper that wanted a fan to go with them to the press conference. That was me. Um, <laughs> oh. so uh, I, was, I remember some of that. Wasn't I it was to do with The Guardian or something? Yeah, and I was at college studying music at the time and I get a call back and they're like, yeah, we would like you to join us as kind of the the, the person in the know really to guide our report to the press conference. I was like, okay, cool. So they told me to go down to London and then I'm waiting in a pub in London. I think I was 17 at the time, something like that. And basically Prince then declared that it was going to be at Leanne Le Havis's house and no press were invited except for, was it Six Music? Someone like that. Yeah. Um, so I basically wasted a trip um, and that was the night, I'm sure it was the same night that he done did the electric, electric ballroom. And I've told that story before where I got on the train and just as the doors closed, everyone's yeah. like, get to the electric ballroom. So as much as I absolutely adore this album, whenever Clouds comes on and I hear Leanne's voice, I'm like swearing under my breath. <laughs> <laughs> not not mentioning not mention any, anybody's names, but two people on this podcast made it to the sound check and then was in the newspaper the following day. I don't know who that is, but there, there's two people on this podcast. <laughs> podcast yeah well, was in the newspaper and then got the phone call that got the phone call going have you seen the newspaper and then obviously it was uh, i think we were like page three page oh. three in the metro <laughs> for the first time in my life <laughs> <laughs> i would have let yeah, you cut the fun. queue i would have let yeah, you cut a... the queue if you got the on the next stop and that came was back. uh that was an insane night yes yeah, it was and um, i want to jump into what andy said earlier about the humor so obviously um uh, Breakfast Can Wait, the single, obviously the cover of the single was Dave Chappelle uh, from the, ske- uh, the sketch that he did on the Chappelle show of the basketball. And then obviously he, he put it as the front cover of the uh, of the single. And then uh, Dave Chappelle was on Jimmy Fallon. And he said, well, that's what Prince does. He just judo flips it. You do an impersonation of him. He then puts that impersonation of him on the front cover of a single. And he goes, what am I going to do? Sue him because I'm dressed like him. And it was like, you know, there were still elements of the prankster and that, you know, that he could laugh at himself and he, you know, and again, back to the, you know, there's different elements of him on the album or almost milestones of elements of his personality. And one of them is the prankster, you know, he can, he yeah. can laugh at himself. And I think that came across. Back and, to he does point, girl, and he does the new girl episode. And he does new girl. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It seemed, it seemed, he seemed so comfortable. It was like just just seeing that cover, that single cover, made yeah. me go. 
Prince, like Prince, is a Prince is in a comfortable place right now. He's not being spiky. He's not being defensive. Even before I'd heard the whole album, you know, I was just like, "This is a cool. This is Prince being cool and relaxed again." As much as the album is intense, that that move was very funny. And and the other point, sorry, just to continue, was that you talked about you know working with a young producer. Uh, Breakfast can wait. Um, the music video was directed by Danny Lee, uh, who was Curly Fries, who was on one of the other albums, and she was 18 at the time, and she directed the video for Breakfast Can Wait, and now she's gone on and she signed to Def Jam. There's been con- some controversy the last couple of years. Of Obviously, she was with uh, Baby, and then one of her songs, uh, Yellow Bone, caused some controversy, but she directed that music video, and she's gone on to sign with Def Jam. So he always, you know, again, with like Lizzo and, and Danny Lee, yeah. he always saw talent and, and, you know, he was a strong influence and they've gone on to bigger things. But um, again, that was, you know, that music video for Breakfast Can Wait, you know, it's very young, sexy, you know, red-haired girl dancing and stuff like that and making breakfast in the morning. It was, you know, very much. And, he's, and she's dressed as him again. So again, it's, oh. you know... I uh, have mocking. never seen the video. I've never, You've never watched it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a very, very, um, a very good video. Yeah, yeah. I think tying into the humour as well again sorry to bring the Andy Allo thing up but we know that's my specialism Um, obviously Andy's all over this album and actually if you listen to her first album Unfresh which has nothing to do with Prince before she met him and you listen to the lyrical content of what she was naturally writing at the time and then listen to her verses and the lyrical content particularly on the duet tracks they are just Andy's lyrics the comedic rap kind of R&B stuff yeah. that a lot of that has come from Andy and if you listen yeah. to Fresh and then later on the Prince Influence for Superconductor you will see the major parallels and I think you can really see when you listen to who Andy was before she met Prince and then this album you can really see how they kind of affected each other um, and it being a result of her kind of influencing him. I was really surprised actually um that them two didn't have like a duet album like a full-on duet album not like a superconductor or the acoustic we can love thing that they did for title which was great but i was really that was one of the few times where i was really surprised that like i I thought there was enough kind of songs that kind of leaked out over the years that that would have could have been a a full-on album. Maybe that's in the vault. You know, there I'm is sure a track, is. Um, which I'm sure you're aware of, Chopin, called You Will Be. With and me. I never wanted an official release of a song more, more. in my life. Yeah. I just need Andy Allo to play a Disney princess and sing that song. <laughs> it's sure a great song. be a Disney princess at some point. But yeah, back to your point, Leah. Andy Allo, Unfresh album. I love that album. And... There's two tracks on there, Fly Away and Dreamland. I love Dreamland. And that's very, you can see a lot of that. Well, I can hear a lot of that in uh, in this album. You know, I think uh, Dreamland, I get the whole, yeah, it's very, very similar. I highly recommend it. If you've not listened to it, I'd highly recommend listening to it. That uh, My note for Clouds really was how can something so light hit so hard? Ooh, it's like, it's that sounds so, like a Rolling Stone quote. It's, it's so light. And kind of bouncy, but it's uh, it's really like it's a really kind of deep song. It's really it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and very smooth. Again, I, yeah. I'd probably 
because it's my my bias and leaning, I probably slightly prefer artificial cage. But no, clouds is a brilliant song. Um, as you know, I'm not I'm not one to go for lyrics, but the sort of little staccato kiss in the neck than expect it, yeah. it it really it does nail a little a little perfect popism there. Um, yeah, really nice track. Um, and the backing, my... backing vocals on the breakdown and stuff as well. It's very very nice to put together track. A good one for a second track on an album. Definitely. Also, the kind of the kind of like Mister the Mister Nelson bit where you've been in stasis for forty, uh, uh, you know, about forty years. It's just like it kind of really actually speaks to that thing that Andy said about like, you know, like I became a star and then you know I was separated from myself, and and now I want to get back to being me. And and I think that's yeah, that's a kind of an interesting. I think that really reflects. That's another place where it really reflects really hard. That well, he, I, he was a like looking at looking at the iconic status externally. This is a great song. I mean, there's so many things going on. It, it, it's a, it's a brilliant song with many moving parts. Nothing. It never uh, gets. It never folds in on itself. It just goes from one thing to the next, and it uh, advances the weird story of the album halfway through. Uh, uh, halfway through the song with the, all the Mr. Nelson, you're in stasis stuff. But it, it, it's like how do, it's a real. It's kind of a sweet the song really because. It does a lot of work. It's kind of like um, joint to joint, but in a more coherent form or something. It's it, it takes time out to say, oh, by the way, let's keep the plot of the album going. Yeah, and then and then back to the song again, and then it's got a kind of this weird thing about um, uh, you know, a kiss on the neck, a flower every hour, that all, all lovely weird Daffy Prince stuff. But then this whole thing about when life's a stage in this, you know, modern age and everything, which seems a bit more profound. Yeah. So it, it does about it. It has about three big themes going through it, and it just sounds good. It's always good yeah. when you take it's notes from Prince on on your love life kiss on the neck it's like yeah write notes yeah Go on, chance sorry. will be a fine thing mate yeah, exactly <laughs> not happening for me right now but um i uh i uh that was a bit personal that was my sorry uh my my way home here everybody <laughs> <laughs> but um no no you it, know. It, but, but it is a very it is a very it, it is a very light song with lots of punch to it sonically and in what it's doing yeah. and again a great guitar solo at the end uh, with a real great guitar tone it, it, exactly just, just nowhere. Like, it, it, it's it's a whole show that song. It's a whole show, and it it it, it really makes me happy. He hadn't painted in those colours for so long for me. Yeah. Can we talk about my favourite song? On. The album. My favourite track is "Time." Oh, Andy, obviously. Ooh. Oh, controversial shapes. No, no, no. I, 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 to be quite honest, I really like this song. I really do. This is, this is where I kind of, because my notes for this one is exact kind of almost like I said before was like I do actually um, for time. I do like I, I said. Imagine this rock and roll love affair. This is what it feels like. You will be with me. Uh, and like and time on an album and that would be the Andy Allo Prince album and it's kind of like you look look at the list of songs they released kind of together or kind of didn't release with uh, um you will be with me but there was a there was a 
like a quality album in that and it got cut up and kind of spread over these other albums so this as good as time is it's kind of why i don't see this as a whole masterpiece as an album because i think it's got master bits of a masterpiece kind of parachuted into the album and uh so it's i see this more as a set list of songs than some of the other songs about this time i see this more as a playlist of songs that it's just got a a great intro from a masterpiece album a great outro from a masterpiece album and a couple of other bits from that masterpiece album but not all from the same album i don't i don't hear that at all i hear time as being the um i I can see people nodding already and they know what i'm going to say and i don't know what i'm going to say but um (laughs) Uh, but but you're right. I am going to say what you want me to say, which is that it feels like the kind of it feels like the the place of kind of I, I think it feels like the uh, the, the post coital cigarette after the album. It feels like the kind of let's process what everything that's come before and just let this mellow mellow out. Uh, yeah, it, it, maybe that's not what you thought I was going to say. I don't know what I'm saying now. Um, it, no, it, it it feels to me like a very logical end to the album. Yes, no, like, I agree. Um, it, let, let, let's let everything settle. It's nothing in this song is going to be anything other than dunka, dunka, dunka on the beat. It is so assured. You know what it reminds me of? The mature, it, it reminds me of a grown up version of something like. Gigolo's um, get lonely too. Get get lonely too. Uh, sorry, that is that the one I'm thinking of. The, the big ballad at the end of the um, yeah, the time, the album. The time album. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just got that assuredness to it. Or um, two times two two times. Sorry, two plus two plus two is six from um, Vanity. Right. It's those great big lush, solid, solid on the beat electronic ballads that he used to write back then yeah. it couldn't it couldn't sound more prince it, it great prince if it tried but it's grown up at the same time i think for me i relate it back to the word quite a lot in that i made a point um, when we were doing that podcast about how it's got so many different riffs in it and so many artists would have put those into different songs and made whole songs out of them and this for me has exactly the same thing there's one riff that always stays in my brain from this and it's when prince does the guitar and it's like a call and response and andy comes oh yeah and i'm like that could be a separate riff to a different but, song and it all yeah. these little melodies brought together it, it creates this almost dreamy sleepy fun it, it's track. like it's just what i used to love about prince he would just put a template out he'd cut a piece of cloth that long and then he would just embroider perfect perfect yeah. little doodles yeah. all yeah. over it and the do and the and the embroidery would come at the right place in the track and then just when you thought it couldn't get any more pretty or it couldn't get any more inventive or there wasn't enough oh he's doing another one and that is what i mean when it sounds like classic classic prince andy that it is does... the perfect description of the way that he improvised on tracks that is yeah. the perfect description although <laughs> It's a kind of to the point where I'm almost actually kind of going to take my back or take myself back and go, actually, it kind of does fit on the album because 
Andy Allo uh, um, does a call back to the, uh, you keep breaking me down, down, down. So yeah, it does actually have a call back to another song on the album. So I take back that thing. I was just thinking that June might sit well really nicely there, but actually with that call back, yeah, I take that back almost instantly now. It, it, is, <laughs> it, it is the post It is the unwinding. It's the post-coital cigarette. You're right. a good way of putting it. The two tracks that I would like to have seen on this album is probably Free Yourself and Ain't Gonna Miss You. I think somewhere in that, I think it feels like that era. I love them, Ain't Gonna Miss You. And, and, and Free Yourself. I think they would kind of fit with like gold standards and stuff like that. And with Free Yourself, I always have this... Uh, and uh, again, with this album as well, it's the the imagery that you can see listening to these tracks, you know, clouds floating, almost meditation of it. But what uh, song would you take off? Um, I don't know. I know the two songs I would take off if I had to fit into other songs. Like there's two obvious. Which ones? Well, I, I guess they could. Uh, um, Funk and Roll remix, because I think there should yeah. have been a, I think there should have been just a remix album around this time. There were so many good little kind of just yeah, probably would take that I think off, they're yeah. probably the, but the songs well, this is gonna be controversial. <laughs> controversial. Uh, Sorry. Uh, remember you took back your opinion on time. You don't know that I'm not gonna take my back I'm not gonna take back my opinions on these two. Uh uh Gold Standard and this Gold Standard and this could be us. Uh yeah, that I I think this is up for grabs. I think this. I think the thing about this album is that it's not all rocket fuel. Definitely, there are a few. Yeah. Dra- there are a few drags. I do think as well, though. The more you listen to this album, you start filling in. I, I, when it first, I, when it first came out, I thought, my God, there. As, as I say, there is a sincerity. There's a hunger yeah. there again. There's there's something I haven't heard for years. There are. The, this is the best stuff I've heard from him in years. But hey, the album kind of drags here and there. The more I listened to it, the more I started hearing connections between songs that didn't feel connected at first. And I do think it gets thicker and thicker. However, I could it, it could probably use a little shot of adrenaline here and there and a bit of yeah. trimming elsewhere. And uh, this this would be us could probably stand to go but it does yeah. on the other hand it i would have flipped hand, it and put the remix on there I, weirdly enough the remix i think is way better than I, I, the I haven't song. really i haven't really listened to the remix enough but the the, th- the thing is when you start listening to it and getting really into the album you do hear stuff like on this could be us about the door and the cage that fits back into the breakdown and it they there are there are enough ties between most of the songs that it actually makes them harder to sort of throw out in a balloon debate yeah. because they do tie the album together the gold standard i think is easier to chuck out because it's it, you know it's uh he's done it before many many times better and I just, it doesn't it doesn't do much for the album can i just say what i've got like like i said this is the first time i've written down stuff for anything gold standard is actually i will say is the note i've got for it is this could have been on emancipation it could have been on a new power soul it could have been on rave it could have been an mpg music truck club track it could have been on musicology (laughs) 3121 planet earth mpls sound or 2010 is literally kind of like last 20 years filler uh, it's it's so it's so generic as a prince track i'm it, it, i'm indifferent and actually is one of the songs that pulls down the overall ring of the album i, I so think interesting. 
I, to me, it's just like, like it doesn't sound like this area. Era. No, it I agree. Sounds like anything post ninety six Prince, apart from maybe early two thousands Rainbow Children new new uh, news kind of era. I agree. Like I do genuinely agree, but this track for me is what helps with that whole. You know, we were talking about Prince looking back on his career and reflecting. Okay. I kind of interpreted this track when it came on. I remember playing it to my dad for the first time, and he was like, "Oh my god, it sounds like something from 1983!" And he was super into it because he's an 80s person. Yeah, and he got really excited by it. And at the time, I, I kind of very much interpreted it like that as Prince kind of paying homage to himself. Um, and I interpreted it that way. So I think if you were to remove that, for me, it would take a, away some of that element of him accepting who he is as an artist and that reflection that this album does. There you go. So there's enough cohesive, there are enough arguments for all of the songs that they relate to something else in the album. But although I'm, I'm more with Chopin here, I do think that it's a type of Prince track we've heard many times before. I yeah, think it's yeah. like a pretty darn good one as they go, but it's it doesn't help the album much at all. I, I yeah. could I, I think like it. if you think about other tracks from this era, think about like uh like the ex's face going into you know would be you know like something like that would be that would be the rocket fuel, whereas gold standard going into you know is just like oh my god, X's face would have been amazing on here. I love yeah. I, I think I think X's I'm better face on is- him. X's face is yeah, again, I one, of so. the, one of the best songs he did in the 21st century. Or a hard rock lover. Instead of instead of uh, this could be uh, uh, this um, this could uh, be us. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to let you have hard rock lover on this. <laughs> okay, album, but, I, but X's face, hell yes, actually. Okay, I'll I'll, answer, I'll go with one. All right, that's all right. <laughs> to answer your question, Chopin, I would have taken off funk and roll, and this could be us, and I would have replaced it with free yourself and uh, ain't gonna miss you. I'd be happy with that. That'd that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd probably do that. And back to the point where we talked about humour and stuff, you remember This Can Be Arse, the artwork for that was a meme. It was uh, Prince uh, on the bike, isn't it? And it's like, this could be arse, but you're playing. So it was, and that was used as the artwork. And then again, that was his, you know, his love of memes and laughing at memes and resharing memes and stuff. And obviously that was used uh, again. So it's insane. I'm now just absolutely knocked out by the idea of X's face replacing the gold standard. I think it would be amazing. I'm listening to it in my head. And but sorry, just to go slightly off topic onto X's face. I wish X's face was two minutes longer as well. I yes. (laughs) Gold standard. I think I can. I get exactly what you say about it. it. Could sit on any other album, and it is. It's very sort of timeless. Prince. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's it's a filler on this one. I think it's still fairly strong. So I suppose I'll be the contrary one. I cannot see what people see in Breakfast from Wait. That is one of the thinnest, dullest tracks for me he's ever done. I semi-agree, but then Camille makes an appearance and everything else doesn't matter. I semi... Sorry, I I fully don't say that's Camille's voice. I would take, you know, Breakfast Can Wait, this could be us. And what it feels like to me, they really do tra- just pull the album down. I it really like this. It stays tight, like. drops in the middle, and then at the end goes high again. You Plus would get rid of you know. Pardon? You you would get rid of you know. I think you I think you know is I like fantastic. The, mon- the monosyllabic the 
sort of monotone, monosyllabic sort of attack of the vocal. That's, the mono, that's nice. the monotone, yeah. Does anybody that, have Paddy's address? Because I'm just about to <laughs> have a hitman. Hit and the Did other it, thing is, um, the version of Funk and Roll, and please, I'm not, I'm not comparing it directly, but there's an aspect to the bat dancers for me there. The way he's approached doing what he's doing, it's based on something else. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I get that. The the instrumental yeah. one came first. And of the two, I'd probably prefer the one on um, Clutch and Electrum. But yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And there's a little sort of bat schizophrenic, sit in the studio, see what you can do, Batman, uh, sorry, bat dancisms there as well. Just to no, clarify, that quality, but just to clarify, I didn't say it, I didn't like it. I just was like, <laughs> I think there were so many good remixes around this time that it, a remix album would have been actually worthwhile in and of itself. And that's where that would kind of fit. And, you know? and, and also, I like it though. Also, sorry, just to reiterate, I think the gold standard is okay, but I don't think it's doing a good job on this album. That's, sure. yeah, that, that's fair. I think it's okay as well, but that's my problem with it. I think it's so like it, I think Chopin hit the nail on the head in a sense. It it's so generic, and then when you say it doesn't do the album any good, no, it doesn't because if you've got if you've got tracks of the quality of of sort of way back home, yeah. But, yeah, but, 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 but it must have been something else he could have used. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm making a, a fine distinction. I think it's a good version of a generic Prince track. Like it's it's good. It's good within its. But as, as far as they go, you know, I, I would like push Life of the Party off a cliff tomorrow, right? I mean, but like, and there's a million like that. But I would just like I would just tell to just sod off. But um, like Gold Standard is like. It's in the higher end of just like okay, another Prince track, but it's sh- but, but anyway, it has no place on this album really in the final analysis. Chopin, would you mind telling Paddy that I'm no longer talking to him because he said he didn't like you know and he's taking it off the album? So Paddy, <laughs> Lee's yeah, not you- talking to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and Paddy, I've got to say, mate, you are on very thin ice with me as well. I mean, it's lucky you're such a big eighties head, so I'm giving you credit, but. You know, uh, it's uh, like my favourite track on the album. And he's like, oh, yeah, just take it off. It's like, great track, great track. Mm. What can I say? Isn't that, the, isn't that the beauty of the whole thing, though? Yeah. <laughs> Leah, you're, you, you're going to give me some money and we're hiring a hitman, yeah? Taking Paddy yeah, out. You said, yeah, you, said, to you honest, know. To be honest, I'm taking out a hitman on all of you because <laughs> all of you <laughs> album. So I'm a buy a balaclava. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to take issue with you on Camille coming into Breakfast Can Wait. Yeah, that's not Camille. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah. No, because it, it's not tape speed. It's a pitch shift. But, but also... Yeah. Even Josh could have got it wrong. No, 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 no. Even, even for me, I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to be a twit about this. But um, no, Cam- Camille is such a subtle effect. And this is, let's go, let's make this such a chipmunk ridiculous cartoon voice it's he doesn't even sing in time it's hilarious i mean i i i like it just fine but it it's just not camille it's not what camille does to me emotionally at all Mm, when you listen to the lyrical content would prince have said those things yeah prince did lots of things with his voice but they're not like uh you know when he slows down his voice there's a Bob George slowdown and then there's a Rainbow Children slowdown and then there's a slowdown on Erotic City. They didn't all have one character name or any character 
names. They don't, they're just, they're just different persona or just games. But I, 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 I just, I just, I just don't, I would never classify the, the, this voice as Camille is all. It, I will just, say this though about, I will say this though about our um, Breakfast Can Wait. It was the last song that anybody who wasn't a Prince fan came up to me and told me about. They're like, have you heard this new Prince fa- the, the new Prince song, the Breakfast Can Wait? Because it was being played on Six Music. And it was it was the last one that anybody came up to me. There was a couple of people at work and there was other people. La- and so they were like, last one, oh, I really like it. Last one for me was Rock and Roll Love Affair. That got people who weren't Prince fans saying, oh my God, have you heard the new, the, the new Prince song? Of course you have, but it sounds like, it's like, it's like Dylan or Tom Petty people were saying to me. And I really yeah. liked that. I really liked that that sort of, went out of the normal sphere of influence for Prince songs too. I think we've broken some new ground tonight. Shortly after recording of Artificial Age, the PPUK podcast team disbanded. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, because I'll write that article. Don't make me do it. We asked for his comments. Lee said, who's Paddy? I've never heard of him. Hey, yeah. You've got a gig next week. I'm not going to now. <laughs> I'm, I'm refunding my ticket. <laughs> You'll wear a t-shirt saying Paddy sucks. You've got no. You've got to shout out for us to play. You know. In Associated Artists news, <laughs> in seven in seven minutes nine seconds, a uh, an eBay auction for George Clinton's album Computer Games on LP is finishing, and I intend to win it. I shouldn't have told you, because if you want it, you can get on now and bid again. By the time this podcast goes out, it would be done. No, I mean, I mean you people. I'm thinking of showing oh, you. you can, if you need to take a kind of break to kind of like do the finishing bids, that's all good. No, no, I'll live if I don't get it, but I've been after Computer Games for a while, and anyone who hasn't listened to George Clinton's output from the 80s is listening to this podcast. There's a, a social artist recommendation because it's a man had tunes yeah you want to talk about like the last affirmation obviously it's three minutes and something long and um obviously liana La, how do you pronounce her name liana Havis. yeah and obviously her vocals and how much of it's the end of the album and it's almost as if someone's falling asleep not that it makes you fall asleep but it's that you're you're being relaxed and you're you're almost not being medicated, but there's an element of you're just yeah. sitting back and you're just reflecting. And I think that's another point of the album. It's very much self-reflection and and relaxing and meditating and um yeah, that's what I get from it anyway. It, it's a it's a sort of a reprise of way back home in many ways, sonically. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing at all. Um if I put them on um when I put them on playlists, I put those two songs together because it, it feels yeah. very, very natural. Um, but yeah, it does. It, it, yeah, that's the, that's. The, I mean, we've had everything else about you know melancholy, mortality. You listen to Affirmation Three, and it really, really feels like he's reaching for something in a big way. Um, but yeah, yeah, beautiful song, beautiful song. Uh, it, there's some absolute massive gold nuggets again it's kind yeah. of like a it's like the coda to the coda because time is kind yeah. of the coda to the album and then yeah uh, and then and then it's just like oh hang on let's just go and pick up that other plot line too as well and bring everything together so like really really considered piece of work and that's what i when i say that i did think that you know it, it, it was like half a great album to me at first with lots of drag in the middle over time those 
those the, uh, the pieces have linked up and I appreciate things a lot more. Uh, uh, and it doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, there's only three songs that drag now. Now there's only yeah. two. I might change a couple, but like it fills in and it fills yeah. in. The album talks to itself and, and it just keeps doing that, you know. How can we have not spent any time on breakdown? That's what oh, I was literally about to say. I, I would love to talk about that this song. Is, um, as, as somebody who's not that into ballads, and I have to say, I think time is a is a. I'm probably not where sort of you and Leah and that are, but I do like time as a ballad. But breakdowns are an absolute classic, sort of in the style of um, empty room, descending mm. pattern. Just another achingly. It, this this is it about this album. Achingly beautiful, deep, melancholy. Really, really good. Really, really good. I mean that that line. There's a wall. Uh, there's a door that you can walk through where where there used to be a wall. Oh, kind yeah. of like you know. I mean, it can be interpreted in so many ways because, like, literally, this is the first song back on Warner Brothers after you know, like after the kind of independent years. So you can look at it that way. You can look at it in personal relationships. There's, I mean, it was. There's probably, so many ways to look uh, at it. So it's it, great. It's probably everything at once. When people go through changes, that everything Steve starts to feel like all those grievances fall away you find a new way to be you know and it, it does sound like he's gone through something you know the door is ob the obvious metaphor but it yeah. is it really sounds like he means that i think almost nowhere else on this album does he sound like he means it on way back home for sure but and on this one yeah. quite as much as when he really does that big delivery that there's a door where there used to be a wall it's a huge it's like it's like the beautiful ones but about himself for real. Yeah. I remember you... being at um, one of the London Prince parties and someone pointed at a picture that was like the promo image for the breakdown, the fro with like the brown top. Yeah. Um, and I think she'd had a few to drink. And every time I think of the breakdown, I think of this woman, she just pointed and she was like, the breakdown, Prince, you're breaking my heart. And when... <laughs> Yeah, tell me who that is after this podcast, please. I actually genuinely don't remember. It was someone that I didn't know at the time. So if that person listen, <laughs> I want, please let I, me know. I, I, I want to make a little comparison between, again, to illustrate the point about real sincere and theatrical, uh, the illusion of sincerity. Bec uh, because when I listen to the breakdown, uh, just in terms of musical colour and sort of drama, it always reminds me a bit of the the uh, uh, another lonely Christmas, which is essentially a comedy song, right? I mean, mm. uh, it, another lonely Christmas has got a punchline where you know it, it's a, it's a melodramatic comedy. Yeah, it's not real; it's a complete fantasy. Yeah. This has some of those lush. It's got that lushness to it but it's like the real version of that song to me, right? And then the other thing, just to compare, I'm talking quite abstractly, and then the other, the other thing that really makes it even more interesting for me is that even in what I consider to be a very, very honest and real song, there are a couple of possible games and illusions. And I don't know, but when he says, first one intoxicated, last one to leave, yeah, like you're like, but, is he playing a character there? Did Prince like to have a bit more wine than we know about? Did he? What's he talking about? Is he play? Is he putting a well, red? Is he putting a red herring into a song to because even though it's very emotional, he still has to play a character and say it's not all real. It's not all real. Is unless there still he's one, talk, Is there still a bit of the 
the, the wall there, even though he's trying to walk through a door? Or is unless, he saying that he is intoxicated? Unless he's he, talking he, about the painkillers. Yeah, that, exactly. There's that as well. But you don't get in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do. You do. You do. I know. Um, I, I, so it's very interesting because you know, print. Everybody knew. Everybody knew uh, speech marks that um, you know Prince didn't do drugs. Prince didn't drink, and he, he basically didn't. But when he talks about that, I think it might be the painkillers. You know. I mean, oh, it fits yeah. in with I have to take one of those to do a show. Uh-huh. I mean, if you were looking at it, I mean, I mean, we're really, really kind of like reaching deconstructing for, it, yeah, yeah. for deconstructing there. And I like I, I'm not for a second saying that that's what it's about. Or that, no. But if you're if you're throwing it out there, what could that be about? It's like, well, it could be that. But I, um, but, I find it interesting that like it, it could be, you know, when he said when he sings in um, all I got is uh, two cigarettes in um, 17 days. That's a, that's a character. That's how you write a Song. you write a song it's not about you but you're, you're you're painting a picture right you're saying i'm in a lonely i'm in a room with a cigarette it's a dramatic it, it's a dramatic um songwriting technique when you say i worked in a five and dime he never worked in a yeah. five and dime he's painting yeah. you know it's, he's a storyteller but in this yeah. song when he says he's intoxicated is that storytelling or is that more more is that honesty again so i find it very it, i've even, always it, taken it as honesty just because he's talking in the lyrical content he it's always wanted the house with the biggest pull it's talking about a time before he was huge before he could just go out and buy the house with the biggest pull so back then we know he he did drink wine i haven't seen i I haven't seen stories of him getting absolutely out of his drunk but i think he's reflecting on a time where alcohol was a part of his life maybe that's interesting as much i think he's still i think personally i think he's still drunk he's still drunk wine from what i from what I've heard, and yeah, maybe we're talking. Maybe we're talking. Sorry, maybe we're talking about intoxication from a very kind of substance point of view. When he's talking about, say, fame or the adu- adulation of a crowd, you can be intoxicated yeah. by those things. There's a high with some of those scenarios. You know, first one, intox- you know, but, but he does. You know, the, the line that it's in does seem to be. Pay- you know, he's talking about going to, or throwing parties and being get it getting intoxicated yeah. in a small time frame I, I, at a party that and, and it feels like it, it feels like that's either um just a bit of theatricality in an otherwise honest song or some or, or some some way that he did view himself that he used to be a bit more indulgent or i don't know see i if i was going to kind of put it into something that really fitted into his life it would be like you know like it would be wearing everybody out with so many ideas and the high of creating new music and then wearing everybody out. First one intoxicated, last one to leave. You, that know, makes like sense. I had, you know, like I got high on producing all this music and then everybody couldn't, nobody could keep up with the kind of the manic nature and the, for that period of time, you know, like I wore everyone out. So it, I mean, Mm-mm-mm. the drama of it is he makes you envisage a lonely room and you know kind of like the trash like a trashy end of the night kind of scenario like waking up in a trashy room kind of thing but actually it could be any number of things when we're talking about intoxicated okay but, i well that that's great i i'm not i i don't think there is one answer and i think it's again it's interesting no. that um the uh like e- even in uh, well or it, it's just a testament to the richness of this song that there are 
Uh, mm. There are different levels at which it, some of it might be being played at, although the overriding level, uh, it seems to be such an emotionally sincere song for everyone here, I think. Yeah. But the only negative about that song really is nothing to do with the actual composition performance or anything else. It's just that for some reason it's really heavily compressed and there's a mastering issue with it that makes it sound quite like this kind of peaking and, and, it, and yeah, clamps and gains, which is kind of like, but to be quite honest, it's one of those things. It's like a good performance. I would rather listen to in a bad quality than a bad performance well, in good I'm, quality. So, Well, it's true. I think I, I also hear it on time. Mm. There's a there's a few clips on time, and you have to just yeah. think. Well, Prince certainly would have heard them. I guess maybe mm. he just wanted to put a bit of grit back in things, but it's very odd. Yeah. It's very odd indeed. Yeah. Um, Leo, I have a question for you. Obviously, there's a lot of Andy on that. Do you, do you, do you think that there should have been more tracks with Andy on the album, or? I think it's an interesting concept. Um, from a personal perspective, obviously my answer would be yes. But I think on this album, we have a real mix of female vocalists. Obviously we've got Leanne in there as well. And I think that they were two vocalists that f like fitted beautifully together. And I think it gave it, um, it was like the difference. Andy was the personal voice and Leanne was the official doctor, whatever. Yes. Kind of concept. MPG yeah. Nurse. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah. Yeah, I think those two parallels worked really well together, especially when you know that obviously Prince and Andy were in a relationship at the time. I think he, she was used to a perfect extent on the album. I think if it had been more, then we would have started looking at it the same way we did Third Eye Girl, where it was sort of a more duet slash separate band entity. So I think it was used to a a perfect amount but I agree with Chopin about there needing to have really been a separate album that was just Prince and Andy and I think it would have been a beautiful thing to release um not necessarily including the Week and Love stuff because that's a very different their demo no I, I, I think that was a, a thing of its own I think this is what it feels like this is another I think it's the last track we haven't really mentioned on uh so far that's another one of those things if you think rock and roll love affair this is what it feels like. Time, uh, you will be with me, like, and any number of others where her voice is present. If you put those on one album, it would be a very cohesive uh, through album, like a kind of duet album. And I think that's the closest I've really ever come to making, rather than produce. I mean, we ended up with Superconductor, but I think it would have been kind of more interesting to have, like, a full-on duet album because they sounded so good together. Yeah, and it's and interesting because I've never felt the need with that with any other associated artist. I've never felt like, okay, we needed an album here that didn't happen. This just felt so organic and natural that it's kind of confusing why it didn't happen. Now, whether that was because of relationship breakdown or whatever, the personal side of things, that may have been why, I don't know. Um, but it just felt like an organic, natural move that should have been made that for whatever reason didn't. Or maybe also, that's what led up to this kind of period of comfortableness and revelation and, you know, like it made its way under. I mean, that's all computer, well, it, completely speculative, but... It's also worth mentioning that um, Delilah or Paloma, whatever, whoever you want to call her, uh, I think she's a London-based, I think she was born in France, but she was on her backing vocals were on Way Back Home and Affirmation 3. And the rumours were that he was also seeing her 
at some time as well. And uh, I think she went to some of the London gigs or she was meant to go to some of the London gigs. Um, so yeah, um, it's worth mentioning that as well. Oh, you guys are very knowledgeable about, about all this it's, stuff. I, I, I'm just like, I, I don't know this stuff. So it's this is a guy that spent 40 minutes trying to uh, put all the binary code that was on the CD to see if I can get a secret message out. So I was ah. like... <laughs> what, hey, did, did you come up with anything? No, no, no. I, I, I was like... I, I'd love I'm to see your much, workings from that day. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, here's my workings out. Um, but when I saw the binary code on the CD, I was like, oh, there's a secret message on there. You know, it was very, you know, Matrix. And there's elements of... I think the matrix in this as well. Um, and I was like, Oh, there's, you know, there's a whole theory about, I have about the matrix and one zero one means five. And it's the fifth version of the matrix. Well, I could go on and on. Well, that's but all yeah. we've got time for. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for chatting. But it was, <laughs> it was the binary stuff and it was me. Yeah. So I, I know a lot about this album. And again, going back to that point of like, you know, I was seeing a lot of messaging in there and um, with the visuals and, uh, and the songs I and the lyrics. I be, I and I was trying to put it all to together. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's we the thing, it. though, with Prince, there's so many layers that of, you want to deconstruct. It's very much Inception. I, I'm, I'm totally... I, I, I love that you did that. I mean, you know, I'm doing it with the lyrics now, trying to deconstruct one line. This is what we do with people, we, you know, artists we love. And Prince was, uh, you know, a master at putting cryptic messages into things. I mean, the messages on the Black Album, the uh, um, the story and the love sexy. Um, the backward writing program. in the Symbol Album. Yeah, I mean, cover, he, he, you know. he did it throughout his career. So, you know, more power to it. And even I the did. reverse bit in the, in the reverse bit in you know where it's like oh, what happens if you play it the other way? It's all, you know, yeah. the secret messages, you know, and, uh, and you must know this idea about, you know, the, the theories of secret messages when you play the vinyl backwards and stuff. It's it's going uh, back to that. I've slowed down the cartoon telephone voice on Bob George to see what he's saying when he's talking to <laughs> Have you done that, anyone? No. <laughs> but it's, it's that, that, that's a fun one. But as an artist, you think there's more there and you think you have more of a connection to the artist if you solve that Rubik's Cube. You think, oh, I'm as smart as him, I've got this. And oh, especially yeah, with I mean, me being yeah. a geek and technical and... Some mystery, though. Don't you want to just leave a few things out there? He doesn't uh, want yeah. you to. Let's uh, be real. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, you may as well have invented the term Easter eggs in the modern sense for Prince records. He used to put them yeah. everywhere, didn't he? And uh, he, he wants you to go chase. So I think that's brilliant that, like, well, it, you, you know, if this one sent you around the Bensley, then job done, I reckon. Yeah, and a lot of people will back me up that I had all these crazy theories when this album came out. And I'm, I was Love literally, it. you know, well, that the, meme of the red string uh, where he's put, linking it to everything. It was literally me with the album on the wall and just putting the red string and linking it to everything. It's that, <laughs> well, one of the things that, that was me. Well, one of the, one of the other coming up things... to me going, Lee, are you all right? You okay? You okay? Yeah. Cool. One of the other things that this album triggered another kind of like conspiracy thing was that um just because from the life from you know if you want to find the answer to this cancer it's like oh what did he was he dealing with like, was he dealing with that yeah, but that you know like because everybody wants to find out everything now you know I mean the good thing is like being really into an artist and fun following and kind of finding out stuff can lead you some very interesting things, but it also can lead you down some kind of yeah. rabbit holes too. I mean, like it, 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 it it's, uh, but 
Prince albums, Prince's entire career. I mean, think about just from the point of view of May You Live to See the Dawn at the end of every album until he changes his name to a symbol to Welcome to the Dawn. You know, you know, just th that in itself, there's... Almost like a, uh, there's a movie element to it. There's a, you know, what's going to happen in the next episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, and I think there's, I think you can, you can definitely, definitely go quite, I mean, I know, I like, I've met some fans that have gone way too far. <laughs> Let's just say they were way too far, but like, um, but there's, but a, a genuine interest in curiosity in artist will lead you like, it's, it's always a good thing. Uh, but I think there's also the pitfalls of fandom as well. Oh yeah. Uh, as well, where you, where things, you know, like when an artist can take over your life or identity and stuff like that, it's quite a, um, how to how to say it in the, <laughs> the nicest way I, I, it's but this isn't especially like this period like i i i've kind of this album sparks those kind of conversations but it's a really interesting album just for that in itself if he but was think, still alive i don't think we would have had the no most exactly, much of these conversations exactly. so it's, it's just time it's out of context and it's yeah. within hindsight as well so um, yeah. I don't know if you want to sum it up. It's better to just concentrate on the music as how it makes yes. you feel necessarily than digging for some things. That's the matter is, you're never going to really know. Um, some no, things absolutely. I, this is the thing with me and Prince. I've never compared, I would imagine all of you, the four of you are probably more into Prince as a, sort of a, as a person than I am. I, am. I find him an interesting person and there is a person at a certain period of time I really would have perhaps liked to meet and talk to and then a person at a certain period of time I wouldn't but the thing for me is it's just just the music it's just I'm not I'm, I'm more like you than you think in this one Paddy I um it, it's just it, it's an artistic conversation I have yeah. with him it's not a personal one but it doesn't mean that when but but sorry one of the affecting things about artists is when they show themselves as well so that's interesting to me in his artistic context yeah. but it's uh but but no I, I don't have any like I, I realized many years ago that I'd never wanted to meet Prince. Mm. I, I, where I talk to him is here and here, you know. Sorry, I'm pointing to my head and my ears. ears. And heart, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, heart. I didn't point to my heart. Maybe I. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he, he's a. I have. That's the dialogue I have with him. I, I, I'm where I find him the most interesting is in his process of creation and just the sheer volume and commitment to it. That is the kind of thing, if I think about it, you know, of why I'm interested in him, it's just like, it's a fascinating how you can get that much. It sounds massively trite, but he didn't do music. He was music. He didn't, yeah. he wasn't an artist that released a lot of stuff. It, it was just him. He was a channel. And boom, there it was all the time. Distantly. Uh, I mean, he just blows my mind over and over again. And we've all been there where there's no other artist who you still hear new things, literally things you haven't heard in 900 listens. And then you go, oh, my God, there's mm. another bit of, of sonic information in there that I didn't yep. hear before. On a track you thought you was simple, not even on the overproduced tracks, on the very, very simple ones. It's maybe like the kind of the tuning of the reverb or something like that that suddenly just exactly hits Exactly so. It's, There's so much information coded into the art. Mm. 
Uh, but that's but that's exactly I think what you uh, the way you said it there is I think that's what exactly what strikes these kind of people to go down these kind of searching things. But it, at the end of the day, it's just a great artist to make great art, and that's the kind of that's if you if you know that and you've kind of got that, then you kind of got the answer to the puzzle in a way with Prince. I'll tell you what else I've got, everyone. What's that? It's- Computer Games on Vinyl by George Clinton. Booyah! And on that bombshell. (laughs) Going through the tracks, what's your lasting impression of the album? I mean, we've gone, we've talked quite deeply on this one, but what's your lasting impression of the album? I'll start with Leah, actually. Um, kind of going back to Lee's uh, point about it almost feeling like his last album for me mentally this was his last album again no disrespect to um, Hit and Run Phase 1 and 2 it just this feels right for me and I think every decade of Prince we were given two albums that were era defining for him so the 80s we have Purple Rain Sound of the Times and the 90s I'm sure that's more debatable um, because there is a a broader range but for me this was one of the real era defining albums for Prince um, Mm -hmm. and it made me really excited about what's to come and that's why I use the word haunting a lot in relation to this album because it haunts me that this is what we could have continued to have I felt that he'd really found his feet for this new age of Prince and he was taken away before he had a chance to fully explore that. Um, but I think it's an absolute masterpiece of an album. And with Lee? Uh, I'm with Leah and Andy on this one. I, I, I'm with Leah that I think it's more his last album and it's more about legacy. And it was the album that set me on the, down the rabbit hole a lot. Um, I think, you know, it, it a lot of the stuff on the album, a lot of the tracks were stuff that was very, very good that I hadn't heard from Prince in a while. And, you know, there's certain tracks on there. It was like, oh, wow, it's really, it feels like Prince again. And and I, I really enjoyed it. And it's a very therapeutic album. And I, I, I think it's his last best, greatest album. Paddy? Oh, God. I think he, as, as this because of the the sort of um, rhythms and currents of what we've been talking to and where it's centers off at tangents i think it's one of the in retrospect after he's gone albums it's a it, it's a very sort of challenging listen to to think about what it means and all those kind of things in terms of the quality of it i think there are some masterpiece bits on it but i don't think as an as a whole piece it, it's a masterpiece I think it's definitely one of the stronger post-millennium albums. I'm not sure how great it against some of the others, but uh, very, very, very strong. Um, probably as, as a whole, it's just, just as I've said, the middle bit for me, the middle bit. Um, plenty of, um, and again, bits of new innovation. This, I mentioned it, and then Andy mentioned it. It's that juxtaposition of. Yes, it does feel like there's a mortality theme. I don't buy that it's a, it's a preemption or anything like that. Yeah. I do, I really do subscribe to the fact that Prince was an older guy. So the fact that he started looking gone and old in 2014, I don't, no disrespect to anybody what they think and seen him live. I just don't think that plays into it. Um, this is about mortality and realizing where he is in life. 
uh, and things like that to me. Um, but again, juxtaposed against a load of absolutely wonderful new sounds, palettes, production styles, and and particularly what what sort of Leah said, it's like where where he could have gone from here. He, yeah, extra extra melancholy and and extra sad, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, generally a very strong album. Andy? Um, a mixture of what's gone above. Emotionally devastating, but not because Prince died and nothing to do with preempting, and that's never coloured it for me. Um, it's, it's emotionally devastating because <clears throat> he put out some emotionally devastating material at this point in his life. And um, absolutely, as Paddy says, uh, a whole new raft of ideas for the first time in a long time. And the biggest thing that gives me the chills is that he was finally finding a way to break through the wall of being, his metaphor obviously, of breaking through the wall of being, uh, of not maturing gracefully. This is the one where he's, he updated himself and started to find a new mature artistry. And I really, if we are gonna talk about the fact that Prince has gone, I'll just say that it's, I just, this, this is the album that made me just go, there was more down here. There was more that I would have been excited about. Chopin? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one because uh, it is an I can't deny it's an album that gained poignancy after the fact. Uh, at the time, it was just a it was a good album and 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 with some really really great songs that I really loved. But then. Though even still, there's dips in energy, but there's enough great stuff to get over the okay stuff. Um, there are albums of this period that I prefer to listen to from start to finish as albums, but but I think weirdly the best work from this period does appear on this album. So it's a strange it's. As if we're talking from an album point of view, there are better, more cohesive, and more fun start to finish listens in this period. But his his master his masterstroke of this period in terms of creativity appears on this album. So it's a very confusing album in the way in where I place it. I don't know where to place it in that sense. Okay. Go look at the binary, Chopin. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't pay a price to put the rabbit hole. <laughs> come, come with us. I bet. I bet if you put Sorry, that. Paddy's not coming. He's not allowed. Exactly. I bet if you put that binary to get together, it just says Lee, go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, guys, we should probably go to bed. Oh, to everyone thank you for coming and talking about this album and everybody else thank you for listening it's been uh, a lot more has been said about this album than i thought was going to be said about this album so that's it's interesting ne- never doubt it guys never no doubt it. The, I, even even a throwaway even throwaway albums i think sometimes no, I'm not saying that. Sorry, Leah, I'm not saying that this is a throwaway album. I'm not. We made me come to you. We, 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 this has been a. <laughs> right. I will rephrase that. And I said, every piece of Prince work 
requires this much discussion and i think it does agree um, and and this and this stands up to that kind of analysis so everyone we still talk to each other it looks like patty and lee have made up by the end of this podcast so we'll be okay don't worry we'll be back We'll be fine. I'm we'll going be fine. <laughs> We're still friends. If you or anyone you are concerned about have suffered from any of the issues raised in this podcast, please get in contact at the following Twitter address. Every Prince fan I know has been affected by yeah, the exactly. issues of disagreement <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs>